On this episode of the Bourbon Hunters, Brett and Dude celebrate National Bourbon Day by bringing on Randy Prosse, the president of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, to discuss this year's festivities and talk about the history of the event. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about a partnership with Greenline Goods. This four-year-old company is based in Chicago and creates etched and printed glassware, including whiskey glasses, wine glasses, tumblers, mugs, and shot glasses. They're also launching a line of hand-blown crystal drinkware. Check them out with the link in our bio and save 15% using the discount code BOURBONHUNTERS. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Of the Bourbon Hunters, I'm Duke Poole. I'm joined by Brad Bryan, and today we have Randy Prossy, president of the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, on with us. Uh, how are you doing today? Oh, outstanding! Happy uh, National Bourbon Day, guys! Yes, yes. cheers. Today, as cheers. we are recording, is National Bourbon Day. So, uh, speaking of which, what do you have in your glass? I actually, I'm always very careful not to go too too much branded because I have, I work with 50 different distilleries, oh, but sure. today. We went out to Newport and did a new riff barrel. First time we've ever worked with them, and it was done this morning. So I have no problem with elevating a little <laughs> bit for today. So we picked a we picked a really fabulous barrel today. So awesome. cheers! Yeah, we've got uh, what do we have in here right here? Russell's Reserve. Russell's Reserve. Yeah, I believe it's Which a is store also pick. A barrel. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. probably from uh, Bourbon, Bourbon Enthusiast, I believe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Excellent. So uh, this barrel pick that you did today is that going to be featured at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival or? Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Two years ago, we were 29 years old, and we had never done a barrel pick. Last year, we did 10. <laughs> this year, we've got this year we've got 22. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, but absolutely. So we partner with Justin's House of Bourbon. So what oh, they'll nice. do is basically late August, early September, they'll start releasing some of them in store at Louisville and Lexington, and then the other half of their inventory, the yield from the barrels, will be available at the Bourbon Festival, which oh, wow. is. Yeah, last year was the first time we were able to do that, and uh, so a lot of a lot of cool things happening uh, with that. But yeah, I, I didn't. I, I'll be full disclosure here. You know, I'm a craft beer guy by trade. I mean, that's you know, through my life, I've been doing you know brew festivals all over the country, and and I got into this, and I didn't know what a barrel pick was. So you know, full <laughs> ignorance. I'm like, what's this barrel pick? I keep hearing people talk about, and they're like, let me tell you. All right. And uh, I spent a couple minutes with Bill Samuels a couple years ago, and he kicked us in the ass and said. Uh, Bardstown, if you're going to be the bourbon capital of the world, well, by God, you better look at, talk at, act like it, and be it. And I spent some time with him, and the, the next day, one of the, the people from Makers said, I don't know what you said to the old man, but, man, you got him fired up. He's donating you a barrel, and we're going to do all this stuff. So our single barrel program was was launched kind of by, uh, by Bill Samuels. All right. Being impressed with what we're saying. I mean, that's a pretty good way to be uh, indoctrinated, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's right? a great story, yeah. too. I love that. So let's talk well, about if, the uh, the festival. Yeah, have you ever talked to Bill? Uh, I mean, have you? We've never, not no, yet. No, not yet. We're I we're mean, working on it. We're trying to get there. If you can, absolutely, probably the most entertaining top three or four entertaining guests you could ever have on here. So I would highly encourage it. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're making our way up the ranks. We've gotten some people. Like we had Jackie's Icon on a, a few months ago, and. Um, we've had uh, uh, Greg Metz on. Oh yeah, he was great. I love talking to Greg Metz and all the science behind everything and stuff. And not to go outside of the area there, but we've also had uh, Persant from um, Chattanooga. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He was a great guest. Uh, we had a uh, former, uh, what's his name from, um, uh, gosh, I'm terrible with names, by the way, but uh, Taconic. He used to be a Buffalo oh, yeah. Trace. Uh, he, was, he was a good guest. He was actually our first distiller on the, on the uh, show. But, yeah, we're That's working awesome. our way up there. We're trying to get there. But we're here to talk about the Kentucky Bourbon Festival today. So uh, tell us a little bit about this. So it started at some iteration, what, 1991? Is that right? 92 was the first official year. Okay. And it, it basically started with uh, Jimmy Russell and Fred No and Bill Samuels and a couple other, you know, Steve Nell and, you know, some of the icons just sitting around drinking each other's whiskey and uh, in Bardstown. And they started, they started uh, the – attracting throngs of people that were interested now and back back then you were still not really giving away whiskey sure. i mean it was still in the the, the renaissance hadn't started and over the years uh it just kind of grew and interest in the enthusiast started plugging in and it turned into a tourism driver you know it was filling up the hotel rooms and and uh it, it i kind of liken it to a, a child i i've raised some kids that are in their <laughs> 30s and this this event is in its 31st year it, you know, in the first 10 years, it's like trying to figure out getting legs and figuring out who it wants to be. Then the teenage years, it kind of rebels and kicks back. And by 20s, it starts to settle down. And then by golly, by, when you're when you hit 30, you better know what you want to be when you grow up. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, that, and that's where we were. I mean, that kind of follows the history of this festival. It's gone from a, a local town festival at the, you know, the funnel cakes and the bouncy houses and the, the beer garden, but not a lot of whiskey to... Uh, where last year we were able to, to have 35 distilleries on the lawn at, in in Bardstown and doing sampling for the first time. Uh, imagine that, as counterintuitive as it seems, to be able to go to the bourbon festival and actually have samples like you would in a craft beer event or a wine festival. Um, and that, that was very successful. So we went from 11 or 12 distilleries involved in 2019 and earlier, pandemic shut us down. Sure. Uh, we had a virtual event that was amazing because we had all the master distillers already contracted and ready to do a live program of education and they weren't going anywhere. There, there was no event to go to. So right. we did it virtually on our YouTube channel and just, uh, they loved it. And the audience that we were able to, to expose the festival to, it was amazing. And then last year we rolled it out live and, uh, you know, with the sampling, we had 35. So we tripled the number of distilleries uh, through a wider net included the craft distilleries, which, as you know, is is a huge segment out there. Oh, yeah. And that was about half of our distilleries were the, the craft category. So bad on us for not including them. Well, that gives them an opportunity to get their name out there as well at these events and stuff. Some yeah. of these ones that are up and coming and everything like that, because that's what I would go to, right? If I was at this festival and I see this craft distillery, I'm like, oh, what's this? I want to try their sample. I've had, you know, oh yeah, right. you know, I've had wild turkey. I want to see what this other right. stuff is. Yeah. But, but you walk in the gate of the Bourbon Festival, you expect to see Wild Turkey, Jim oh, yeah, Green, Makers, Mark Heaven Hill, Four Roses. Check, 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 check. Okay, I'll come back to them. Right. I'm going to deep dive. I'm going to go find uh, – I'm going to discover, explore, and try to find someone I hadn't heard of and try their try their juice. And that's what absolutely happened. And and it, the same thing happened with uh, in beer festivals. I mean, you walk in, you expect to see your Goose Islands and, you know, kind mm-hmm. of check, check, check. But you want to go out and find that brewery that you hadn't – heard of before same thing proved out with us last year so we've got more of it for this year though well that makes sense i mean you're going to get some people that come along with the veterans who Mm -hmm. haven't tried all those things they've had bourbon it's not really their thing and you know now they've got a chance to sample some of the big dogs but then you know the the veterans can then go in and find some that they've maybe never had before or never had a chance to have so that's good 
I like right. that. That's a good approach. Well, and you know, these guys, these guys still love to sit around and drink each other's whiskey. Oh, sure. You know, as, as, as competitive as they are on the shelf, and they are, they at the end of the day, they just want to sit around and, and talk and drink whiskey. Well, and I mean, respect, we just you know? came off this last weekend. We did our first uh, barbecue event, and we had 10 distilleries that were actually cooking ribs. And, I mean, they were shit-talking and just <laughs> in each other's face, but laughing. But it, at the end, after it was all, all the meat was turned in and judging was happening, these guys were absolutely working up and down the row and, and drinking each other's whiskey and, and trying each other's ribs. And, you know, I mean, that it's really those little little things of camaraderie that we can showcase is really the core of what we're doing with the main festival. Well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Too, whenever there's been any type of crisis in the industry, you know, like with the the fires or the collapses or anything, any of those things, I mean, it's another, if not more than one you know, distillery will step in and, and help out and donate things or, you know, even their own product if they have to. So, I mean, absolutely, it's amazing. I, I love that. And it, Go ahead. And it's unique to this industry. I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I say, Max yeah. will talk about the Heaven Hill fire in 96. Now, you know, I mean, throw a couple of contrasting competing brands. GM would stand on the hill and watch Ford burn and vice versa. <laughs> Coke right. would absolutely enjoy watching Pepsi burn, right? I mean, it goes on and on and yeah. on. Yeah. But while the fire trucks were still there at Heaven Hill, Beam and Wild Turkey and Makers, those guys were all already there on site saying, we've got some production lines. What do you need? You need glass. You need right. you know storage. Um, and that is it's unlike anything I've ever seen in any other industry. And uh, again, we showcase that. So just like an example, Steve Coombs, who does a lot of our content for us, he's a writer but focuses on whiskey. Um, we had, you know, Denny Potter and Connor O'Driscoll sitting on the couch together. You had Danny Kahn from 1792 and Brent Elliott sitting on the couch together. Wow. And they're just talking about the process. I mean, they're nerding out. They're sitting on it and they're talking about the process. <laughs> yeah. Competitive. They're not sure. giving up trade secrets. Right, right. But right. For, for a brief moment, a 20-minute window when you're doing some production, they, they let the guard down and just like to talk about whiskey. And you take the same subject and you switch up and put two different – master distillers on there you're going to get a completely different outcome talking about the same subject so it's 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 actually very fun for me to be kind of behind the camera behind the scenes and watch it play out oh i bet i mean that's got to be a really cool thing oh yeah to be a part of just to, to see that kind of thing but yeah you hear the stories you hear you know how they all just they get along but they compete you know they they appreciate each other they respect their their you know competition but they also respect the history and things like that so i mean that's that's the thing i love about bourbon there's a history to it there's mm -hmm. a you know there's something there to it that like you said you know it's that camaraderie or brotherhood yeah that, but, you know what i mean but that, you can't build the industry on the history and then ignore the history when something's starting to happen to another distillery so it's you know it's it's a it's a pretty cool thing to see the support and I know mm -hmm. that uh, another bourbon podcast we listen to, you probably familiar, The Bourbon Road, they always say, you know, rising, and it's not just them that says this, but, it, you know, rising tides raise all ships type of thing. So it's, you know, the success of one helps lead to the success of others. So I think, you know, that's a, that's a cool thing to see in this industry. And you're right, it is pretty unique. Absolutely. So uh, I was just going to say, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to the Kentucky Bourbon Festival and how you got to, to the, you know, the place where you are as president today. Are, are we like doing the, the, the Steve Martin, the jerk? <laughs> sure. Or, I yes. Mean, you, can, you, can, you can talk <laughs> as far back as you want. No, I mean, it, it has been kind of fun because I grew up on what is now a seventh generation family dairy farm. And uh, so I had no idea if you were going to like crystal ball it that I'd be sitting here. Um, 
my exposure to bourbon or whiskey early on was, you know, my, my grandfather, you know, he's had like a, a little bottle in his pocket, you know, and I was just, my dad a couple of years ago said, if you want to like remember your grandfather, put some whiskey and Copenhagen together. And, you know, that's <laughs> grandpa. You know? That's um, funny. So nowhere near did I ever think I'd be here, but no, I, I got early on, got involved as a volunteer um, with a street festival and got bitten by the festival bug. And, um, you know, I'm a, a music fan and a music, I used to do a, a concert photography. So I would, Back in the 80s and 90s, when when all my favorite bands were out playing and touring, I was the the guy down in the front row taking pictures for different publications, and just fell in love with the behind the scenes, the operations, the logistics, the crowd movement, how the the show gets put on, and yeah. and uh, a lot of that has kind of bled over into my continued and ongoing love of uh, doing live events, uh, you know, seeing the faces, and I, I've done everything from a little arts and crafts two block long street festival to uh, right before I came here, I was doing uh, NFL and, uh, and NCAA college football uh, stadium operations. That's cool. And before that, what got me in Kentucky was I, I was the, the director of operations for uh, Churchill Downs and the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, to be able to stand there and watch that show that 20 million people are watching with a lot of scrutiny and be able to put that on, um, it's pretty humbling. But this little event, there's, there's touches of everything that I've done along the line. You know, the, the dairy farmer, I used to run the Wisconsin State Fair. So here I am, the 4-H kid that used to sleep at the fair on straw bales and show my cattle in the show ring. Mm-hmm. Now I'm running the State Fair and always being respectful of the agriculture and livestock component of the, the fair and not selling out to the, just the, the beer sales and sure. music. Right. You know, there are other events for that. This is about livestock and the kids in competition. For the Bourbon Festival, it's about the bourbon and the people who make it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of other things that go on. But if we don't have that core, the whiskey makers and connecting them with the bourbon enthusiasts, you you don't have anything. You can still have an event. You can have a festival. It can be fun, but it's not that. So and It's probably um, easy to get drawn away from that, too, like to make it more of a spectacle that's not about. So, so that's good, I mean, you know, to stay focused on what it's about. But I, I would imagine you have so many people that probably want to be part of it that maybe don't even have anything to do with it that could potentially draw your attention in a different direction. So that's good, you know, staying you focused like that. You are spot on. They're spot on. Because, I mean, there are characters. I mean, you two could be characters. There are a lot of characters in that, that space that are achieving notoriety and some fame and, you know, recognizability and you know, there's people that want to be a part of some of the panels and, or be on the grounds. And I'm like, please do. But if your presence is distracting the enthusiast away from Brent Elliott or Danny Potter or right. Fred, no, then that's kind of, that's kind of a problem. And, yeah. you know, we've gotten, you know, privately, we've gotten kind of beat up a little bit on that. It's like, well, this is, this is the show. Well, no, the show is the, the, the people that are making the whiskey and how do we make sure that they stay connected with the enthusiast? And right. We had 35 distilleries last year that said for the first time in their experience with our event, and some of them were first year and some of them were 30 year, they said, you absolutely, us, the festival, put the right person in front of them at on the festival grounds. And at the end of the day, when my head hits the pillows, if I hear that, <laughs> you can that's see. all that matters, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I can see in your smile you're passionate about it and that you really enjoy all of this. You know what I mean? You're not just some guy rambling out here, but you truly enjoy all of this. Um, And I'm a former 4-H kid, so I appreciate that (laughs) as well. You know, I took steers. I pledge my head to clearer thinking, my heart to greater loyalty, (laughs) my hands to greater service, my health to greater living for my club, my community, my country, and my world. How's that? That was I would have not remembered that, so I am impressed. Well, all I know is I have no idea what you two are talking about. So yeah. I assume it's the pledge or some sort. Yeah, the 4-H for the pledge. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. For that me, was it drilled was just, into my head you know, at eight years old. <laughs> I I did not get, and it's funny because I probably very well could have. I grew up in southeastern Ohio, and it was all yeah. dairy farms. You know, a lot of cattle type stuff. So I don't know how I escaped that. To be honest, I. Don't, I guess I was just really in the sports scene, and my brother was seven years older than me, so like as he was playing all the sports, it just kind of drove yeah. me in that direction, I guess. But well, yeah. and it's sad because I mean, when I was on the farm, all my friends were the you know city kids, yeah, and uh, I couldn't wait to get off the farm. And now tomorrow I'm going back up, and my parents are in their eighties, and I'm going to go and stay a night with them and have dinner, and then I push on north into the you know up in, into the boundary waters, but. You know, I mean, that's the every every farm kid has played that same thing out, right? I right. I, I hate this. I'm bailing hay, and my friends yeah. are at the pool. You know that kind of stuff. But man, when you when you go look back on it, there's a lot of I mean, like nostalgia. That's kind of cool to be able to go and connect. So. Yeah, for sure. I'm the same way. Like I I lived in a suburby type small town, so it, like. On the outskirts, everywhere it was, you know, farms and mm-hmm. different things like that. But not like uh, they were all cattle type farms, dairy farms, things like that. But um, first job was bailing hay, so I can relate to you on that one. Well, I would always out. get, I would always get called in. Like that's what we would do. Like we were yeah. our football team because we were a lot of farm boys. You know, we were that strong uh, offensive and defensive line. And every year our running game was just amazing because our front line was yeah. always <laughs> just super strong. You know. Like Wisconsin. And the know, coaches the, the loved farm kids. <laughs> yes, yeah, right? for I mean, sure. Twice a day in 100-degree heat and everybody else is, you know, them. throwing up and laying, dying right. on the grass. The farm kids could plug it <laughs> on because this was easier than bailing eight. Yeah, you know? yeah for so, sure. That's fun. Yeah, so that's cool. But I know. Uh, so anyway, so I mean, I take that and, and, you know, my dad instilled early in me, you know, a couple things. You, you know, I do business with people who do business with me. So, um the distilleries that are a part of what we're doing. And I, I consider them partners and investors other than maybe one or two, all of them, when I went to them and talked about how, how we're going to change the event, they all knew why we had to change it. They were starting to pull out. I mean, let's be candid. Yeah. There were multiple major distilleries that were like, look, what you're doing is fun, but it no longer aligns with our brand. And we've started losing them. And so when I, I went and talked to them, you know, I, I said, you know, I, I need you as investors, and they're all multi-year. They see it. They're two, three, four-year uh, investor sponsors in what we're doing, um, so that that works. And the you know the other part of it is my name, my family's name is involved in this. So you know it, if I take it very seriously, you know I take it personally. Last year, you know we we took a little bit of heat locally for changing the event, and we knew that would be kind of a controversial. You know, change is difficult, and you know it, it's hard. You know. I've been doing this 32 years now, and you know I think I've got pretty thick skin. I've had death threats in the past for changing <laughs> events and things. So I take I I let that wash off. But in this event, con- coming off the pandemic, when so many people, you know, uh, two years ago we're sitting watching baseball games with cardboard cutout fans and fake crowd noise, right. and so we survived that, and we're back there doing this event. And so I t- I was very passionate, probably too passionate last year. 
And uh, so this year, it's like we know we're doing the right thing. The distilleries told us that, that the, the guests that are coming in from all over the country. I mean, we had 48 states that have bought tickets already for wow. this festival. Um, three quarters of them are from around the U.S., and one quarter of them are in Kentucky and a lot of locals. So it's a great mix. It's, no, it's, it, good, is taking, yeah. it is a, a festival for locals if you're a bourbon enthusiast. It is a festival for you know national and international travels travelers if you're a bourbon enthusiast, and that's kind of what it boils down to. Is you know, we, well, we can like no longer be, be everyone's yeah. event. Mm-hmm. So tell us, you know, you're, you've given us some hints about some of this, but tell us about the festival itself, when it is, uh, where you can buy tickets, uh, website things like that. I know we only have you for about another uh, nine or so, ten minutes, um, but uh, but go ahead, tell us where yeah. those things Thank can you. be found and, and when it's going to actually uh, occur. Thank you. So. For the 31st year, we are the, the third weekend in September, September 16th, 17th, and 18th this year. It is in Bardstown, the, the bourbon capital of the world. It's on the lawn of Spalding Hall, which all is a 220-year-old uh, former Catholic uh, seminary that also houses the Oscar Getz Whiskey Museum. So it is kind of mecca for the, you know, for the, the whiskey enthusiasts. It's got an amazing collection that is included. When you come to the Bourbon Festival, you you get to go through this this amazing uh, facility, and uh, it the the concept is that you 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 buy your three day pass. You have unlimited come and go. We've got all these distilleries in the area, so the hope is that we give you this this unique festival experience with education and all of the the. Uh, access to the the legends and the icons it's kind of like a backstage pass at a music festival (laughs) but then we want you to go out into the distilleries who have all spent millions and millions and millions of dollars in their visitor experience and their tours and restaurants and the gift shops we want to breathe people in and out of you know Bardstown's a small town 13,000 people but we have all of these distilleries within an easy 15 20 minute drive we're right you know the bourbon trail goes right through so the idea is you come in go and then in the evening, at 6 o'clock at night, we, we kind of close things down and we push you out into the community. So the restaurants, the distilleries, again, a lot of them have music venues and restaurants. Uh, so we kind of do that and we bring you back in on Saturday and give you another extension, part two of your experience. Then you go out, come back on Sunday, an abbreviated noon to four kind of a, a, a feeling. It's $125 for all three days and it includes your sampling. We will have at least 48 confirmed, as of right now, distilleries on the lawn, all of them offering sampling that will be included in your ticket. So if you're breaking it down, 125 seems expensive. It's $42 a day yeah. for unlimited sampling. And, and I mean, within reason, sure, we're trying sure. not to. It's not, not like, trying to roll people do, out of their drink. Let's <laughs> not do keg, keg stands. And, you know, um, but last year it was a pretty cool because we have you know adults. It's twenty one plus. It's a very serious event. We used to have like the bouncy houses and things. We had zero arrests. So uh, I mean, think about that. We you know if you had any, an you'd kind of be like, yeah. Mm. yeah. We had zero problems. We had designated drivers that were there. We had guests that were just I mean having fun. Don't get me wrong. It's a whiskey festival, sure. but um, nothing got out of hand. Very well. Uh, behaved. The mayor, the city manager, the police chief all said it was the best bourbon festival they'd ever seen in 30 years. So wow. uh, we're proud of that. We, we're doing it very responsibly and that kind of an extension of each of the individual distilleries messaging, you know, as far as uh, enjoy responsibly. Um, but 
www.kybourbonfestival is our website. Uh, again, we just came off of our first barbecue festival, so there might be some things still on the homepage, but we're, we're working very diligently to make sure all of the distilleries uh, that are participating are on there, our, you know, our sponsors, our new events uh, that are coming up will be posted probably in, within the next uh, week. The, there's a premium education opportunity, so you can buy your baseline ticket and come in and have all the, the things at the festival, or you can choose to upgrade and get into more of the immersive, more intimate 25, 30 people, you know, mixing, blending, cocktail, mix, you know, those kind of classes with takeaways and things like that. So those nice. will really uh, cool. begin being announced here in the, in the, in the next week or so. And uh, looking at mid-July for those those opportunities to go on sale. And, uh, but so we for, guarantee uh, you, you're not going to have an experience like this anywhere else in the world. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, like there's, there's festivals that have bourbon, and then there's the bourbon festival. And we're all about whiskey. I mean, there's not, we're not a music festival. We're not a foodie event, although there are logical pairings with foods and things like that to help people along. But it's, it's a whiskey event, and it's in the, the bourbon capital of the world. I mean, there's just nothing like it. So for people that might be coming out of town, uh, does the website give you opportunities to, uh, you know, find uh, lodging and things like that as well? Or are they just on their own for that? Or how does that work? Well, it's, it's kind of tough. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I used to work at the Derby and you take an hour <laughs> radius around right. Louisville yeah. on Derby weekend, you're, you're kind of on your own. But no, I mean, obviously the hotels fill up quickly. There's a lot of Airbnb, Airbnbs. And then you've got communities like Louisville, Frankfurt, Lexington, uh, to the south, you've got uh, Elizabethtown that have a lot of hotels. So we just kind of been pushing that out. We don't get into the itinerary planning piece of it, but all of the things that you need to know while you're visiting Bardstown, whether it's your first time or your repeat, um, is, is all there. So we try to push people to the tourism offices and, you know, the professionals okay. that do that for, for a living. Uh, I do know though, that the hotels fill up quickly and the, and the tour times at the distilleries fill up quickly. And, um, I mean, it's not too late, but it, it gets, if people are thinking about it, they're already planning 2023, sure. you know, yeah. and they leave after this year's festival, they're already booking their hotels up. So that makes sense. Um, but like I mentioned, it took us 30 years to get to the point where you could actually do a, a pour directly from the distillery. Here you go. What do you think? And we're doing that again this year, but the, the game changer is now first time anywhere that you're actually able to come to this festival and buy bottles. Oh, that's I cool. Saw, I saw that on the site. Yeah. That's, yep. that's pretty House Bill 500 was just approved by the governor, right. and uh, so that is now something. Now, we're working with all of the distilleries. I don't want to misrepresent that all 48 distilleries are going to be actively involved in the right. bottle sales, right. but they have the opportunity to, and we're encouraging them to. So, uh, but that'll be that's a game changer for us to be able to come in, take and take a, a small little sample of, of a whiskey, and then buy some bottles and take it out to your car. We're hoping to have locker, you know, lockers there so you can sure. buy a couple and squirrel them away. And then when you're ready to leave at night and take them out to your car. Um, it's a great it's idea. A game, it's, it's a game changer for us. It's a game changer for the distilleries because they can walk the product directly on the site, sell and leave. Yeah. They, they don't have to go through all of the rigmarole. And I say this carefully because the, dis, you know, the distributors are important. Obviously, our retailer course, partners yeah. are important. Right. But in this little world, they can go directly to consumer with it so that's nice um, it's, it's pretty exciting well that is a big step and that's, that's I, I mean game that, changing i feel that's amazing yeah i agree so um all right did you have any questions brad i know that uh we only got a, a couple minutes actually so that was a pretty no good. you covered everything fantastically that that was wonderful yeah, i mean right. thank you yeah that was great 
Well, I, I really appreciate uh, you coming on. I know that uh, we we got everything in. I felt like with about two minutes to spare, so <laughs> so that was perfect. Well, and I'm not up against a hard stop. I just I, I, I saw that you guys were on like for another hour. And well, I, I just always I would love to sit and drink case, with you, but I I got my fishing rods and stuff in the car, but I have no clothes packed. So oh yeah, I, <laughs> well, I could be sitting naked in the Northwoods <laughs> fishing. Well, if you're anything <laughs> like my wife, you'll be packing tomorrow morning at like six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we're we're leaving for Mexico on the 23rd and our flights at like I think 8 a.m. she'll be packing at 5 a.m. on uh, on that same day uh, I'm a guy I'm just throwing some stuff in the back of right? my car and we'll figure it out right on the roll. and if you if you don't have it all you'll just wear something multiple times it's yeah <laughs> extra underwear you're good fishing poles two bottles of whiskey and my flask that's in there right now so at least the experience is full <laughs> you're you you're not going to have yeah. a bad time you have the important things <laughs> your base Correct. is covered that's funny but Guys, thank you, and thank you for all the, the folks that are listening in and, and playing along. And, uh, again, National Bourbon Day. Cheers. Yes, cheers. cheers. Thanks, Randy, for uh, joining us. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck this year on the festival. Thank you. Hopefully, uh, maybe we'll see you at the event. We'll make sure. we got a media row for podcasters and all this oh, stuff. Oh, so perfect. All right. That was something new for last year, too, to make sure you all felt comfortable and coming home. And I can make all of our master distillers and all the people that we're dealing with available to you as well. So It's not a far uh, drive. Well, I'm going to have to reach out to you and see how that, uh, yeah. how that works because we haven't. Uh, Please do. All right. Please do. Well, thank right, you uh, thank for you. being on. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Sure. And have a good Take trip. care. Thanks, man. Cheers. You too. Joining in for yet another episode of The Bourbon Hunters. If you like what you hear, please leave us a good rating on Apple, Podbean, Google, or wherever you are listening. It definitely helps us to get great guests on our show. And follow us on Instagram and the Facebooks to keep up to date with what is in our glass. As always, sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy some bourbon. <laughs>